You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good evening. My name is Reese Kia Aina, and welcome to the midweek service of the Metro region of the Los Angeles International Church of Christ. Great to see everyone tonight. Thank you for your time and tuning in. You know, this weekend, we celebrate Easter. And as we think about Easter tonight and the whole week leading up to it, let's start with a prayer. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you so much that we can be together as a family tonight. We can uh, enjoy midweek service together. We can go into our discussion groups after, have something to think about, talk about, share with one another. And it's in that communal environment, where, even if it's uh, virtually, that uh, you're in our midst and that uh, we can learn from each other and see the Spirit working in our lives. God, whenever the world pays attention to Jesus, we love it. And uh, help us to pay attention to Jesus throughout this whole week, throughout our everyday lives, that uh, our faith rests in the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And that's where we put have put our faith in Jesus and uh, that we can live uh, lives that are new every single day. God, we love you. Bless our Bible study tonight. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, this weekend, we're going to be celebrating Easter, and I recently asked the question to all our Bible Talk leaders this past Sunday. We had a Bible Talk leaders meeting, and the question I asked everyone was this, what does the resurrection mean to you? And that's the question I want you to think about tonight. It is the theme of what we're going to be talking about tonight, but it's also something that Robert is going to be talking about this Sunday, and you're going to hear from different members in our congregation sharing about what the resurrection means to them. And so I want you to be thinking about what does the resurrection mean to you? Sometimes for me, I'm just, you know, I'm so busy throughout the week that when it comes time for the resurrection Sunday, you know, I'm so busy doing everything at service and all that, I, I don't even think about it. And so I want you to be thinking about it for the whole week this week. What does the resurrection mean to you? There's so much to talk about that topic. You know, for me, it's about new creation. It's about this process of becoming new. And that the resurrection is about watching Jesus go from death to life. That's that's just remarkable, right? Uh, someone who has died is resurrected to life now and and is alive again. And and Jesus came and walked amongst about five hundred people after his resurrection. What a remarkable event! This event, though, the resurrection gives us the power. And the opportunity to go from darkness to light. That's how much power is in the resurrection. From doubts to belief. From fear to faith. From old to new. You know, about three weeks ago, Grace and I went shopping at Sam's Club. You know what I love about Sam's Club? Or, or perhaps even Costco. If you don't shop at Sam's, maybe you go to Costco. You know what I love at Sam's Club or Costco is your, I, I can hear it already, the free samples, right? All the samples that are given out. I mean, come on. How many of you love Sam's Club or Costco, right? You know, and during COVID, they stopped giving out free samples for obvious health reasons. And, and, and 
three weeks ago, Grace and I went to go shopping at Sav's Club, and we noticed that the samples were back. And we were all fired up about it. The problem was we walked in a tad hungry. And, he, you know, you know, it was over before it even began, right? You know how it is. If you're going to Sam's Club or if you ever go shopping and you're hungry, you tend to buy everything in sight, right? Well, we saw a lady in the distance giving samples of the latest and greatest foods. And here, here's, here's Grace. Uh, they have this this thing called tastes and tips now that's that's the name of 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 what they're doing and giving out all these samples try it love it obviously take it home and and we were going you know we make our rounds right <laughs> we were hungry so we went from one to the to the next one to the next one we try to make like hey uh you know i don't want to keep going back to the same one over and over right after the other. so we go to another one and then make our way back and you know hopefully it's a different person and we just keep eating here's me over here i was fired up man having those free samples now how many of you come on don't lie now have ever eaten their samples and not bought it right <laughs> you're there to look like you want to buy it but in reality you're just there to eat free samples man oh it's so terrible but you know sam's club is so confident in their products that they invite you to try it one time for free and they think they got you, right? They're so confident in their products that they just want to have you taste it and and you're going to want it. You're going to buy it. You know, an article in June of 2021 came out from CNN Business uh, saying that since the pandemic, customers have evolved. They no longer want to just shop. They want an experience so now when you're waiting in line to go to the register, right? When you're in line to check out, they come up to you now even and give samples for you to try. So you can get that Sam's Club personal touch. You know, when I was thinking about that, I go, wow, God never forces us. He never coerces us or ever guilts us into following him. Perhaps because he is, he is also confident in what he has to offer us in Christ Jesus. Like 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 if we could just get a sample of Jesus, we're going to want to follow him. You know, this Sunday, the cross is about getting a sample, a taste of God's unconditional love. His incredible faith in us, his gut-level compassion toward us, and his unlimited grace and mercy extended to us. It changed the lives of the people who witnessed it back then to become new creations, to become people who are new, that that they go from a, a process of being dead in different areas of their life to becoming new in these areas, a people with new faith, new hope, new vision, and new love that changed the world. That's what new creation is all about. It still has the power to change all those that witness it today. And so tonight, I'd like to talk about this idea of new creation, how important it is in the ministry of Paul, and how significant it is in our lives today. And I just want to show you one passage tonight and then kind of have a practical. You know me, I love to have one point, one practical, and send you off into your discussion groups for a great discussion. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 to 21, I want us to think about this, that the resurrection is about this process of new creation happening in the world, but not only in the world, in our lives. 
that we get to experience newness all the time. Because for me, one of the things I used to think when I used to read this passage, that the one we're going to look at, is that when you become a Christian, it's just about being a new creation then. And so now you're just a new creation. But but this idea of new creation, is it's not static, it's dynamic. It's this idea of constant newness happening in your life. Is there any area in your life right now that you feel dead in? That you feel kind of where there's no hope or you're discouraged or depressed in. And that, man, I, I don't see the end in sight. Well, that's what new creation is all about. If we can attend to what God may be doing in our lives through the Spirit's work, perhaps we can experience new creation too. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14 to 21, Paul said, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do no, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you're a baptized disciple, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. And it's this idea of this dynamic uh, idea of newness happening. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Wow, what a great passage. This passage is all about this idea of new creation, the ministry of reconciliation, becoming an ambassador, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Paul is saying God has been at work in his ministry, the ministry, perhaps the greatest ministry of all time, the ministry of reconciliation. God is busy reconciling a lost world to himself through Jesus the cross, and that's what we're celebrating this Sunday. Becoming a Christian is all about the process of getting reconciled to God and experiencing newness in our relationship with God, but also in our relationship with one another. You know, reconciliation, this, this whole idea of reconciliation is what uh, is a word that is powerful in the Bible, but it's often uh, misunderstood because we can sometimes think that rec- forgiveness and reconciliation are the same thing, but they're not. They're actually very two different things. Reconciliation assumes a broken relationship. You know, our sin puts us in a broken relationship with God and becoming a Christian is about recognizing that fact and about correcting that wrong by asking for forgiveness of our sins. Jesus dying for our sins purely because he loves us. And by his grace through repentance, you know, and baptism, God reconciles with us and we are in a right relationship with God. And because of that, in in verse 17 in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says, we become new creations with a new life with God, living by new principles, you know. And the Sermon on the Mount talks all about, about those principles, that we live according to upside down principles. And this idea of newness is such an amazing concept that, that can, gives us so much hope and, and for our future because we can constantly be living in a state of new creation. 
And what matters most to God is our relationship. So obviously, he's going to be talking about reconciliation with us first and then with one another. So God has worked out a way for us to have a right relationship with him so we can have right relationships with one another. We don't have to experience just broken relationships, separation or divorce that so deeply scars us, sometimes even for life. In our relationships, reconciliation assumes a broken relationship between two parties, right? Think about somebody who's hurt you before, somebody who has wronged you, somebody who has caused deep damage to you before, either by sinning for it, perhaps you've sinned against somebody and caused hurt in a relationship too. But reconciliation assumes brokenness in a relationship. Something has happened that has caused two parties to become estranged. The two might have been friends, perhaps a business relationship, or it might be as intimate as marriage. But now there is something between them. That relationship is damaged. You ever been in a relationship that is estranged or estranged or strained or just severed? You know, it hurts. And look at all what's happening in our world right now. Perhaps this is the most important ministry that we can be a part of right now. And thankfully, it's God's. You know, it, with all the race relations that are that that are going on in the world, and how many people have been damaged by racism, you know, and what Paul is talking about is that God's ministry is all about reconciliation that leads to new creation, not only in our own lives but all who all who participate in this ministry of reconciliation. We have a solution to racism. Let me say that one more time. We have a solution to racism by being in God's ministry to prejudice. We have a solution to prejudice, to broken relationships, divorce that can change and that, you know, we have a solution that can change the world one soul at a time. Well, let me explain. You know, in the Bible, reconciliation is this Greek word here. Katalage. I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing it correctly. I mean, katalage, which means an exchange, a restoration to favor. And I want you to think about that word here, reconciliation, because it's really important in God's ministry, because it is how newness is brought about in your life, in your relationships. And there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Well, what's the difference? Reconciliation involves forgiveness, but it also goes beyond forgiveness. You know, when I forgive someone, it could be one way, meaning there's no guarantee that we will have a restored relationship in a, in a relationship that is estranged if, if just I forgive, right? It may well be that even after I have forgiven someone, that we may remain estranged. We can absolutely remain estranged if if there's forgiveness that's happening that's only one way it's a one way street reconciliation however is a two way street it requires both parties to forgive and restore the relationship to something new when something is reconciled there's always newness that is the result of that reconciliation it is not just about forgiveness and that's what's so beautiful about this world this word and and what god's ministry is all about it's not just about forgiveness there's reconciliation that he calls us to be a part of and that's a beautiful thing forgiveness is always expected as a christian right for it's it's we're always called to forgive but reconciliation will not be possible if the other party is unwilling to participate. And God's ministry is all about reconciliation. 
two parties coming to the table to forgive. And he restores the relationship to something new. That relationship becomes something entirely new. That's the definition of reconciliation in the Bible. This is what kingdom relationships are all about. This is what the kingdom is all about. This is what God's ministry of reconciliation is all about. It's very different than just forgiveness where only one party can forgive and move on because the other party does not want to come to the table and talk or or to meet or to even consider forgiveness or looking at things in a new way. You know, you and I, we, we're part of a ministry that can change the world one soul at a time as we participate in the ministry of reconciliation. Isn't that encouraging? You and I are part of this idea of new creation. Because of the resurrection, we're in this process of newness every day of our lives. You know, and how, how does this newness happen? What well, happens through God's blessing often, right? There's blessings that come our way. God gives us gifts that come our way and we experience newness because of those gifts, because of the blessings that he brings. But that's just not real life, right? Where life is only about receiving blessings and, and gifts and good things from God just because we all know that God is good. Life takes a hold of our lives and we experience hardship. We experience discipline. We experience difficulty, trials, disruption even. And even in the midst of all those things that look negative at the time, newness comes about because of that as well. That's the beauty about this ministry of reconciliation. It's in good times and in negative times that we get to experience newness. It's not only in good times. In fact, to be quite honest, most of the time when we're going through disruption or trials or hardship and we're enduring something very difficult, think about your life right now. Are you in the midst of disruption in your life? Something that is just radically interrupting your life, disrupting your life. Pay attention because there's the process of newness that is coming about because of that. New creation often is the result of some kind of disruption that's taking place in your life. The challenge is we don't always love being in the midst of that tension and managing that tension well between between going through something difficult, you know, and then kind of we usually try to get out of it really quickly rather than going through it and being attentive to what the Spirit may be doing in the midst of that disruption. So if you're going through a difficult time tonight, I don't want to just say amen, right? Because I know, I, you know, it's painful many times. But just know that God is at work. The Spirit is at work behind the scenes, scenes bringing about new creation in, in many different ways than the way we normally think it's coming. So consider some of those things. I hope that will encourage you. Well, what's the practical tonight to, is this, is be an ambassador. And, and I, I want to look at this slide for a minute and just stay on this slide. Uh, be an ambassador. Paul says, we're ambassadors for Christ. And here's a picture of a man that when his name is Admiral Joseph Prayer, and he, he was, he was an admiral in the Navy, U.S. Navy in the nineties and early two thousands. Uh, you know, one of my friends was a, one of my friends was a, 
master chief in the Navy for 32 years, and he was having his retirement ceremony party in Hawaii, and I was the residing minister that got to say the prayer for this this uh, retirement party on the USS Missouri. We were on the battleship USS Missouri stationed in Hawaii, and this admiral was the guest speaker at it. And this admiral, Joseph Prayer, was the commander of the U.S. Sink Pack Fleet. He was in charge of all the armed forces in the Pacific. He was one of four advisors to President Clinton as well as President Bush in his tenure as an admiral. He ended up becoming the ambassador to China. And, you know, I want you to look at this picture because he he was an impressive man. And when I am thinking about this guy, you know, I was, I didn't realize who he was. I just knew he was a guy who was important. He had a lot of uh, bling, if you will, on his uh, on his chest. He had so many medals over there. And I, didn't, I really didn't know who he was. And I was chatting with him. You know, he was very inspiring. He was joking with me. I was joking with him. I was with his aide. We were chatting for about 15 minutes prior to the ceremony started starting. And then right before the ceremony started, my friend came by and he was like, Hey, do you know who you're talking to, Reese? And I was like, no, I, I, you know, he seems like a great man. He seems very important. He goes, I don't think you know who you're talking to. I go, who, who am I talking to? He goes, this is uh, a four-star admiral, Admiral Joseph Prayer. And he told me his credentials and all that. And I... I couldn't even talk to him after that. <laughs> he, was, he, was like, he was like, this is such a noble guy, you know. This guy had so much responsibility on him. He was one of four advisors to the president. He ended up becoming the ambassador to China. And man, I just, I just, I don't know. I was like, I can't even say anything to him after. It was so awkward. And I made it awkward for this guy. I was totally chatting up with him and all that. And then I find out how important this guy is. And then I don't make, I, I don't even talk to him after that. He thinks I'm completely weird in it. And anyway, it was awkward. So, you know, but what I love about this guy is he ended up becoming an ambassador and he created this doctrine called the prayer principle from his last name. He wasn't praying for China, but he created this doctrine about how to have peace between U.S. and how to better relations between U.S. and China. And, you know, ambassadors have a noble role with tremendous responsibility representing their country's values, principles, and interests. If, 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 uh, if a president or emperor or king in ancient times, uh, obviously emperor or king back then, uh, went against an ambassador, it's as if they're going against that emperor or king as well, because an ambassador represents the, the values, principles, and interests of that king or emperor. It's, it, this role is so essential in, in building good relations and peace in the world. And Paul, you calls us to be ambassadors for God. And I just am moved, you know, why that God would look at us and think, wow, because we understand the ministry of reconciliation, we're, we're called to be ambassadors for this ministry of reconciliation. And I think sometimes we, we fall short in this because we're, we're, we, we settle for just forgiveness in a relationship, but not reconciliation where we're really trying to have two parties come to the table. Don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, I'm not saying forgiveness is negative, right? I'm saying it's good to have forgiveness. And sometimes that's the only thing you can do for yourself in it is you forgive so you don't get stuck in, in bitterness or, you know, discouragement in that relationship. But we strive as an ambassador for Christ 
to have the ministry of reconciliation where we want two parties to come to the table so we both can experience a new relationship at the end. What an upward calling. And this is perhaps the the call today, living in the world we live in today with such strife in race relations and, and different topics that are politically talked about today where there's so much division in our world today. I mean, there's more division now than perhaps I was blind before, but man, everywhere I look, there's division now. Perhaps we live at a time where being an ambassador is more important than ever right now. And so as we go into uh, Easter, you know, in God's ministry, let's remember being ambassadors, that we have a message of reconciliation because we are in the ministry of reconciliation that produces newness, new creations constantly if we're focused on God and doing it the way he would like us to do it. In doing so, we become, as part of this ministry, new creations that perpetuate that process of people experiencing newness in all areas of their lives. It's such a noble ministry to be part of. And so as you go into your discussion groups tonight, I'd like you to consider these two questions. Why do you think this ministry of reconciliation is important for today? Like, why do you think this ministry of reconciliation? Remember, it's it's where two parties, we strive to be a ministry that, that wants all parties to come to the table to, to forgive one another where there's brokenness, to, to work with one another, to strive with one, work hard toward in prayer and being humble with one another so that we can experience something completely new in that relationship that gives us so much faith, hope, and love. Secondly, are there any relationships that you may need to reconcile tonight, tomorrow, this week? What is the Spirit calling you to be or do? That's the beautiful thing about the Spirit. The Spirit was probably speaking to you tonight, speaking to me tonight as well. Are there any relationships that may need to be reconciled? What is the Spirit calling you to be or do? And so what did we learn tonight? The lesson was, what does the resurrection mean to you? I put one thing out there, this idea that the resurrection is about new creation, going this idea of going from death to life, and then it happens in our lives as Christians because that's what resurrection is all about. It's all about newness, all about new creation. We're called to the ministry of reconciliation. Amen? Paul calls us, man, we're part of this ministry where we're learning to reconcile. Remember, there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. What's the practical tonight? Be an ambassador of God. Be an ambassador of reconciliation. Easter is all about the resurrection and new life. Have a happy Easter week this week. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your attention. Have a great night. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.